the team in Darwin. If you in 2026 introduce the four new clubs, or and then let's say by that stage they're the two new clubs, so let's just say six. No way in the world that they'll be able to handle six new teams coming into the competition at that stage. No way. So I do think, yes, 2026 is that far away and whatnot, I think is too far. 2023, look, I'll say, I know Jeff Kennett wants it in the next season because that's because our VFLW side has actually been doing pretty well um, at, at Hawthorne. But I'm just looking, I'm like going, one, can't he just wait another season? But also, I actually saw the way how it actually, the lineup will actually be. The next season, the, 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 the 2022 season will start in December of this year. And then we'll then go through to, I think, March or January. So then, and then it then starts. So, I mean, couldn't he just wait? You know, I mean, like, it's not even 12 months. It's about 12 months. But again, I would also would like to think, even though I am a mad Hawthorne supporter, kind of want to actually see a, a, an AFLW. I would actually like to actually see more of Hawthorne. I would kind of actually like to think, you know, of all 18 clubs, you know, you could actually do it. I think if you actually, granted the talent pool is not there, start it, let's just say. And then that way every single club's part of it. And then when they get a new club into the AFL, they bring into the AFLW and then, uh, it's very slippery. I mean, like, I don't, know, I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm very much on the fence. As much as I would love to see it, I just don't think that they're, you're right. The talent pool is there, but I kind of would like to actually see Hawthorne. But Jeff Kennett, I'll say this to him now. He really knows how <laughs> He really knows how to stir the AFL pot. He knows how to do it. Yeah, everyone's Uncle yeah. Jeff. Everyone's Uncle Jeff. Um... <laughs> what do you think? Well, what do you think about the AFLW? I mean, like I, I already I felt they probably got, they probably went, they probably honestly, I, yeah, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure they should even be where they are now in terms of the level of teams in it. Um, I think they took they've they're all stuck between a rock and a hard place. I think they well, yeah, I agree. Um, they're there. I certainly you can't turn back now. I think the NRL have shown probably more restraint. They're not talking well, the reason as to, well, well, the reason as to why they actually said they're with the NRL, the reason why they don't want to actually start their own women's competition is because that the talent pool is actually, even though they have a talent pool there, it's just that it's not there sustainable for, um, for like eight or 10 or all 16 teams. Yeah. It's not, which, which, it's not you know, sustainable. Yeah, and that's why that they, want, they, they want to start it like that. The AFL has to ask itself that. Is it really, can it really sustain that? In the AFLW, it has to ask itself that question. Is it earning um, money? That's another money. question. Money I mean... ultimately, money ultimately is the thing. Um, I'm wondering if the decision to add the remaining teams in 2023 is that they want to align themselves with the normal season. Well, and from what and... I saw with the with the thing there, I mean, in 2024 and 2025 is where that like they're all starting at their own different times yeah it's going to be you look we'll see what happens i'm i'm always on the fence with this because i still not i'm still not convinced that the afl can afford to expand two more teams one in tasmania and one in one in in darwin or wherever it's going to be and darwin is the most logical spot let's face it i'm not sure that the afl can actually do that 
I'm not sure it can realistically do that. I think it needs to realistically be honest about it and say, well, look, any expansion franchise, any expansion franchise that occurs in in Tasmania needs to be a license that we buy back from an existing an existing club and then send it down there. The problem is the AFL. This current AFL will never do it. The AFL of the 1990s, it was led by Ross Oakley. And I watched the other day the documentary on the merger between the Brisbane Lions and Fitzroy. And and you've got to be very careful about what's <coughs> the merger. It was more of a takeover. Because Fitzroy was broke. Let's face it, they were broke. Um, they were in receivership. Um, what we saw, I think that AFL, uh, led by Ross Oakley, would do it. I think they would do it. I think they would, they would have done it or would do it. Um, I think this one may not be quite as palatable to that idea. Stupid question. Up with the expansion. Stupid question. You think Uncle Jeff is more in line with the '90s version of the AFL rather than oh, now? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I think, which is I kind think, of like. I think to be brutally honest, I think I hate to, I hate to say this to Hawthorne fans, but to be brutally honest. If Jeff Kennett owned, was the sole owner of the North Hawthorne Football Club and he didn't have to end I reckon you'd be in Launceston already. Oh, yeah. Yep. Because what do you say about Jeff Kennett? I'm going to say this. When he was Premier of Victoria, he made decisions and he wasn't frightened to make stuck decisions. With it. And he stuck with it despite, despite it being unpopular. And he was the one that decided... He was the one that was one of the prime manoeuvres behind the Melbourne Storm being very successful from the beginning. Um, without his government, the Melbourne Storm never would have been able to really have the success yeah. it did. So, you know, but I will say, but I will say this. I mean, um, but I will say this now. Jeff Kennett, he's done an outstanding job. I mean, like if it wasn't for him, Hawthorne. Yeah, I mean Hawthorne. Hawthorne wouldn't be what it is today. But um, just going back on to the AFLW, honestly, I, honestly, I wouldn't want to be in the. I would not want to be in the AFL house now. Saying, do you start in twenty twenty six? Because that's too long. Jeff Kennett was saying we want to start next season, and then having the because well, honestly, you're stuck between got, a rock and a hard place between all between all well, three options. Between Jeff Kennett, between Jeff Kennett, between Jeff Kennett and David Kosh having hissy fits every five minutes. Um, They've got, they've got uh, some issues. Although they've, uh, know, but yeah, they can handle Jeffrey Kennett's. I think more he's he's ones more because it, it's more about the game and whatnot. Whereas you know, over a Guernsey for with 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 the Port Adelaide one. Oh, that'll I mean, come up later. Honest, Oh yeah, I'll say that now. If I, I, I say that now, if I was Gillen McLaughlin and, and if I saw that on the as we'll talk about it later on. If I saw that, I'd just turn off the TV and I'd literally turn my phone off. I would not want to. I would not want to hear of it. And, I, and I'd actually say to my two IC, "You handle this from now on." Or in fact, put them both in and put put Koshi or Eddie in a room, lock the door and throw it, oh. and say and, and, and say and say you're not getting out until this is resolved or something. Because well, yeah, we'll I'll, get onto I'll that later. My, I'll have my say on that a little bit later. I've already had my say. Me too a fair bit of it so I'll, I'll bring that up again so it'll be interesting to see what aflw will do uh but 2023 is the date that they've set um i don't think jeff kennett will sue him i think what will end up happening is there'll be a compromise solution that'll be made <laughs> uh, how can he sue him it's jeff 
but I will say no this now. I mean, it, but I will say this now. Look, even though I'm an avid Hawthorne supporter, we weren't really a hundred percent in into the AFLW. Oh, like you know, because that's why the main clubs got it. Like the clubs that wanted to actually do it got involved at the start. Went to, and then as they saw it going well, that's when we started to join. And and our VFLW started doing well. But you know, look, as long as long as there's a Hawthorne team in the AFLW, I'm more than happy. Uh, I'd love it to be next season, but uh, like like Jeff. But you know, um, if I have to wait another season, you know, I mean. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll wait another season. I mean, I haven't really been watching much of it because it's Jeff. It's Jeff Kennett. Yeah. So anything's possible. All right. I wonder if we can get him on the show, Jeff Kennett. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to talk to Jeff Kennett. I reckon it'll be a fascinating oh, conversation. Yes. Um, it will him be- and him, him and Cyril, him and Clarko. Let let's get let's get him and Clarko in a let's get him and Clarko to or maybe him Cyril and Clarko. I'm not sure whether I'm not sure whether you can have him and Clarko in the same room. They used to say they used to actually make this funny remark. I remember once used to say you never saw Jeff and Alistair in the same room together. Maybe they were actually the same person in 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 disguise. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but let's see if we can get but, but let's see if we can get Jeff Kennett on there. Jeff, if you're watching, mate, you know you feel free to come on. We can talk about Hawthorne and Cyril Rioli. If, you, if you're more than welcome to come on, we'll, we're going to try and get Cyril on. Uh, Jeff Kennett, Jeff Kennett, yeah, be interesting <laughs> interview. Uh, moving on, yep. Super Rugby Trans Tasman starts tonight. Um, well, uh, for the long-suffering Australian rugby fans who watched an absolute cracker last week in the um, in the Super Rugby Australia final, it was. It was a squeaker, 18-16 to the, to the Reds. We said that it was going to be a squeaker, and sure enough, there it was. Um, whatever's going on in Super Rugby Australia is, means nothing. It's now. This, this, is, this, is the, this is the beginning of... This is, where the real, this, this is where the real matchup starts. This is where the real yeah. tournament starts. This is where the real thing... Actually, begins. It doesn't. This, this all the stuff that happened with the stuff on stand doesn't really matter. What's happening now really does because you know it depends on whether or not we can match up with the with the Kiwis. Yeah. Well, this is it. The Super Rugby Trans Tasman starts this week. This weekend, first two games are tonight. The reality, of the situation is, is that this will tell us where the Australian Australian rugby is at, where the Wallabies. And can we bring home a Bledisloe? And can we win a Bledisloe? Are we close enough to win a Bledisloe? Or are these teams, you know, are we still a fair way off the pace? So we'll know, we'll know after this weekend, we'll know, well, yeah, we will know after this weekend where we stand. Um, because the result... Stupid question. Stupid question. What happens, and this is just the cynic in me talking, the New Zealand team absolutely thumps the Australian team. Like, is that when alarm bells should be ringing? Well, I think the big alarm bells that'll be ringing will be what happens to Queensland. I think they'll be ringing if the Reds are the ones that get belted. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and the, the New Zealand team get belted. What they won't worry oh. so much about uh, results for the Rebels of the Force. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. All so the Waratahs, because the, the Waratahs are struggling. So the Waratahs result probably won't won't worry them as much, but if the Reds and the Brumbies are not being are not being competitive, being the two teams that made the final, 
Uh, and then the force, of course, I think they'll they'll be concerned if the force aren't competitive because the force with the third best. Um, yeah, there'll be there'll be some there'll be some shaking moments in 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 rugby Australia. Uh, Rennie will be slightly worried. Um, obviously, it's not it's not the Wallabies. It's Super Rugby Trans Tasman. It's not the Wallabies, so they're not all playing in the same team. But there will be concerns. Are we as close as we should be? If we can't beat the Trans Tasman teams in Super Rugby, are we realistically going to beat the All Blacks when the best come together in in, in the Bledisloe? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's the uh, yeah. But it, and, and yeah. I don't know how much longer rugby can rugby in Australia can realistically keep losing uh, to New Zealand. Yeah, rugby rugby in Australia just can't keep this excuse of um, you know. I mean, like to be honest, you know, I mean, like they got to they got to be able to compete against the Wallabies. They got to be able to like they got to be able to compete or to be able to win against the Wallabies. If not, then yeah, we are absolute. Then yeah, we are absolutely. Uh, yeah I, yeah, I mean, we just can't use this excuse. I mean, like, it's been, what, nearly, close to nearly one and a half decades, nearly two decades since we lasted the blood is all here in Australia. I mean, like, like come on, come on. Yeah. Um, interesting. Well, moving on from that, we'll see what happens. Um, big news coming out this week, and it's it's causing a bit of conversation. Uh, it started with Greg Chappell. It's moved on. Uh, it's moved on further, um, and Greg Chappell is talking about a revamping of domestic cricket, in particular, more of a focus on trying to revamp and get the Sheffield Shield back to the wet, to the status that it's entitled to, and it should have. Um, Sheffield- What's his revamp of it? Well, at the moment, he, his talk, and, and I don't agree with everything he's referring to, uh, he's talking about trying to complete the Sheffield Shield season by starting the Sheffield Shield season in the northern half of Australia around August, September, and having all 10 games completed by December. Um, he's also proposing a player draft. I don't agree with the player draft. I think that's a crazy idea. The reason he's proposing that is because he believes some states are closeting talent over other states. Well, that's not West Australia's fault. That's not Queensland's fault. That's not New South Wales's fault. Um, that's not, you know. But that, it would spice things up. But, 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 but it would spice things up a no, little bit. No, it's a stupid I mean, idea, Karen. It's it's, well, it's crazy. It's an absolutely well, look, 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 bonkers look, 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 idea. I know it's. Just, I, I know it sounds crazy. I mean, like it's like the it, it, it's like the NRL thinking about having a draft. You know, people would think you know that that'll never happen. You know, but Joey Johns and all them are saying that they should have a draft. This yeah, is but, actually not. This is, but this is actually kind of a because thing like this here. You could have granted, granted, if the draft goes absolutely completely bonkers. You know, you could have one team having the full Australian team and then the other team absolutely having, you know, developmental, not very good players like that there. It would be like a landslide. But it could also be able to have, you know, I mean, like, I'm, I'm like for instance, Mitchell Stark, if he got drafted, let's say, to Queensland. Yeah, but we're not, he's not talking about that. What's he he's talking, not talking about? about the he's not talking about them. He's not talking about them. They'll stay where they are. 
What he's referring to is new talent. That's what he's referring to. He's not talking about the players that exist where they are today. They'll stay where they are. He's talking about new talent. What I am saying, the reason I'm saying it is completely and utterly a bad idea is simply this. It is not West Australia's fault. It is not New South Wales's fault. It is not Queensland's fault that they are better at development than South Australia, which is basically what he's, he's on about. South Australia have consistently over the last four or five years done very little to develop the talent in their state. Hmm. They badly manage things. That's why they're where they are. Victoria has slipped a bit in terms of development. It is not the fault of other states who are doing better at this. But the same analogy I make is here in the West Australian Football League. For years, they used to have a go at Claremont and East Romano because Claremont and East Romano could seemingly produce talent after talent after talent and other clubs can't. Well, it is not West Australia, it's not Claremont and East Romano's fault that they spend more time in their zones and they spend more time developing their kids than the other, club, the other clubs do. So... His idea of the draft is does not, it's that is that is yet yeah, that is not going to work. You're not going to suddenly by shifting talent around, young talent. He's not talking. He's not talking about what's there already. He's talking about young talent. But you I suppose it also depends. But I suppose it also depends, mate. Like let's just say hypothetically, WA are already you know in a well strong position, as it is like. How many slots are in a Sheffield Shield squad? What is it like twenty five? Players yeah, move. Yeah, but like, I know that, mate. But let's say they have twenty five, and then you know, player who's played twenty six is a young kid, wouldn't have gotten an opportunity. And you know, had he have gone into this draft, you know, he could have gone. I know it sounds a bit crazy, but I'm just sort of you know trying to trying to just sort of say you know maybe something. Well, that's uh, okay. Okay, you're playing out your scenario. It's not going it, to. Playing out your scenario, yeah, okay, great in theory, but in reality and practice, it won't happen. The reason it will not happen yeah. is because you've already got the player movement anyway. Players are moving. South yeah. Australia have just picked up four players this week. Yeah, Brendan Dogger and a couple this others. Week. Queensland have just picked up a couple. Mm. WA are on the lookout for players. So players move anyway. Players yeah, move anyway. True. And, and the big bash, yeah. the big bash scenario makes it more possible for that to happen anyway. So, you know, that's the point. The point I want to make, the point I want to make is that Australian cricket has to make a decision here. And the decision it has to make is this. Do they want to be a test-playing nation that's competitive and the best in the world? Mm-hmm. Being close to the best in the world? Or do, they want to, or do they want to make money with Big Bash? That's the decision they've got to make. What's more important to them? You do not produce talent. <laughs> you do not produce long-form talent in 2020 Giggle. You produce it in the Sheffield Shield. That's where you produce it. If you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to produce the next best proper test players, and you're already seeing with Marmus, by the way, there's a reason why he's in England right now. The reason why he didn't go to the IPL. He's in England right now because he believes it's more value to him in developing his game long-term at test level than it is playing IPL. 
That's his view. That and also he's not, yeah, that and also he's not really much of a T20 player, but yeah, yeah. that is also actually true. But yeah, well, I agree. It, I agree. Yeah, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. Yeah, I'm agreeing with what so you're saying. Yeah. The point I'm, I guess I'm coming back to, um, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to make sure, I honestly, you've got to make sure that the Sheffield Shield remains the sole remains the the focal point of a cricket summer. And at the moment, that's not happening. I believe they can find a better time frame to put the T20 on than they've currently got it. Uh, The big bash? Well, the other thing that's happening, Kieran, is that while the T20s are on, they're playing test cricket. So when Burns got out of form, where was he supposed to go to get his form back? He's not going to get it... He might make runs in T20 cricket, but that's not going to get him back into the sort of form he needs to be in to bat for long periods of time in test cricket. So you've got to assess that. Yeah, I agree with that. It's also because like we were, because like we were, because like we were talking about this on an earlier show. I think I think it was one of our very first yeah, ones. Yeah, it was. Before the, like, um, in, in, I think it was, what, November? I mean, like we're getting close to our one-year anniversary soon uh, <laughs> of the great sports debate where the – where the um sorry um the scheduling you know like yeah, needs for to be instance like, in the scheduling yes needs to be like, like like this like the reason as to why the big bash is where it is is because you know school holidays and and that's where it you know it it's more family orientated so that's why it's able to do it I'm just I'm just trying to think. Like, 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 like. In all honesty, I'm at a bit of a crossroad. I mean, like, to be honest, like, could they potentially? I mean, like, this might seem a little bit stupid. Could they, as what Greg Chapel said, do it before the season? Do it, do it before bash. the test matches? No, not the big bash. Do the Sheffield Shield before the tests begin, and then that way, well, you, it then gives everyone. A good the, go. But Kieran, you stick the Sheffield Shield before the test matches. You still take away the very thing. That you got to have at the time that these guys are playing yeah. test cricket. You know, yeah, true. In the 1990s, when we were dominating, when a player lost form, they where did go they back. go? They went back to Sheffield Shield cricket. They got it back. There are there were that many. You know, I can I can I can name as like as recent as Michael Clark, Michael Clark, mm. who when he lost his form in the Test arena, he went back to Sheffield Shield cricket and he got it back. And he was back on the test side within a matter of weeks. You know, you you've either got to do you've either got to do the second thing in the in the talk of what Chapel talked about, which was then you then you you make Australia A the focal point of the back half of the summer. That was the other thing you talked about. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, yeah. Look, I so agree with that. You've got to have yeah. some form of first class cricket happening. Now, Dad makes a very interesting point here, talking about player movements. And a couple of other things. Tassie, Tassie, Tasmania. And I'm not going to, I'll be very careful here not to upset our Taswegian friends. But the Tasmanian Sheffield Shield team, ever since it's come into the Sheffield Shield, could virtually, you could virtually turn around and say it's the New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland B team. The amount of rejected players that play for Tasmania from other states is quite amazing. Even Dennis Lilly, even the great Dennis Lilly, Played for Tasmania in the late 1980s. 
Even he played uh, for Tasmania. So I can I can go through and name the. There was a time actually. I'm going to say this. There was an, actually a time in the middle of the 1980s where Tasmania played a Sheffield Shield game where it was spot the native Tasmanian because there wasn't one in the team. There wasn't anyone born in Tasmania playing in the Tasmanian team. I'm not. I'm not going to comment on that. I'm. Like, I'm just. I'm. I'm trying to. So hold play movement happens all the time. Peter Siddle's in Tasmania yeah. right now. He doesn't come from Tasmania. Um. Uh, true. He, but what I'm. But but uh, I suppose maybe what you could maybe do is maybe have the big bash to start the summer. I mean, like. I mean, like where the women's. Yeah. You know. You know. You know how. You know how the women's big bash. Um. Started yeah, and then it then went into the, the women's structure is a lot different. I know that. I'm just, just, I know that, but I'm just sort of saying maybe you could have it where uh, they do it the exact same time as the men, you know, like um, maybe have it like an all day event or something like that. Well, it's interesting. You talk about women's structure. And here's an interesting thing they surveyed women's cricketers in Australia and they want to play four day first class cricket, some of them. And they want to, and 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 the Australian women's team wants to play more test cricket. So yeah, that might lot. actually. They don't play a lot of, except when England comes here. And mm. India now, the Indian women's team apparently want to play more Test cricket. So there's a push there to play four-day Test cricket in the women's game. So they're going to have that. They're going to have think, that to deal with very shortly. I think, in all honesty, the way and how you could say with the structure is maybe you could maybe have the big bash starting a bit earlier. Well, um, around the time the women start, and then after that, there you then go into the four dayers. You then go into the Sheffield. Two things my dad comes up with here, which are correct. You set the shield season first. You should set the shield season first before you set anything else, and then you build the rest of the rest of the season around that. The domestic season, not the international season, the domestic season. You set, and the shield and shield cricket must remain the comp where players are developed. That's the reality. It must remain. Something that worked, which surprised them, it worked this year. In the back half of the year, they had Sheffield Shield games followed by a one-day game at, then at you know, here at Perth. And, and that, they always used to went, do that? Which, which was the original way they used to do it. Ha, my God, it worked. Fancy that. Yeah. Concepts working. Crowds came back. This year's Sheffield Shield final up, the, up in Queensland, they didn't hold at the Gabba. They held at Allen Field. They had to close. They had to close the venue twice because the crowd had reached its peak. Fair enough. The crowd was only three thousand, but it was three thousand people mm-hmm. attended the Sheffield Shield final. You make it, yeah. And, and, uh, but then again, they were there. But I suppose, but I suppose, in hindsight, what you could also do is, is that had they have pushed, had they made the season a little bit like played the games earlier, like let's just well, say, they were forced like, to do what they did this year around. COVID. Yeah, I mean, but like when they still playing games like at the end of March, early April. So I mean, like how they would have played yeah, the I, game that was that was the eighth. Yeah, I know that. But what I was saying was that in hindsight, had they would have been playing those games in around March or whatnot, they could have been playing that game up at the Gabba. The point I'm making is that they have an historic opportunity here. If they do this right, they have an historic opportunity, Great Australia, to restructure the domestic comp- the domestic cricket competitions in this country for the better. 
the model that they used to use or the model that they're, this the problem is they're still using a 20th century way of thinking for a 21st century world you get my drift so they're still actually Which means so wouldn't wouldn't the best thing this might just be a smart ass as commenting me 22nd century thinking for a 21st century well world. probably yes but the point i'm making is that they're still trying to do something from an analog time in a digital age yeah still they're still basing the model of how they set up on a model that is no longer valid and and they're not changing we had this conversation during the during, last week during the the, tw- the 24-hour broadcast with Roland Butcher about this 100 over, 100 whatever it is, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I asked him that question. <laughs> Here's the point. England cricket are not sacrificing. Here's an interesting point. England cricket are not sacrificing the county competition while that's on. It's still going to no, be. I wouldn't. So England. I wouldn't because then they have- Sorry, go on. But England don't. See, this is the thing. England have actually learned from us. They don't muck around. You don't play with something. Well, For years, county cricket was a basket case. It was not as good as our Sheffield Shield competition. In fact, there's a lot of people that argue it's better now. Now, who would have thought that? When Australia mm. was dominating the Ashes in the 90s, the catch cry then was that our competition, our domestic Sheffield Shield and one-day comps were the best in the world. Now, everyone's saying that England's is the best in the world. Now, this might seem a bit stupid. Do you think it might also have the case of allowing, like, for instance, you know how Manus Labashane is able to go over there and actually play county cricket? Do you think maybe that something that other states should actually start trying to do? Well, I'm going to be brutally frank. Um, I believe that Australian cricket needs to get off its... get get off its its high and it won't because it hasn't got the guts to stand up to India. But it needs to it needs to it needs to stand up to its test players and say, listen, if you really want to, it's players that are in contention for tests, it's players that are in the test team, it should be saying to them, you need to go and play county cricket, particularly before an ashes. When we yeah, do New England for an ashes, all that. those players, the summer before should be in England playing county cricket for a reason and reason only. That gives them the best chance to acclimatise to the conditions. And it gives them the best... And the other thing, too, is, as we said last week, they need to get back to actually touring these countries, not turning up yeah. three weeks before the start of a test match and then starting. But what I'm saying is is that, like, you don't see, like, international players playing for New South Wales in the four days or the or playing in the... Know, like, in the yeah, you don't... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do you think maybe it's now time that they start trying to go back to that? Well, Roland Butcher, Roland Butcher's an example of that. He played. For, hey, you want to talk about you want to talk about Tasmania? Roland Butcher played for Tasmania. Tasmania. <laughs> Imran yeah. Khan. Imran Khan played for New South Wales. Ian Botham yeah. played for Queensland, but they could because mm. it was it was open to them being able to do it. It was available to them right. being able to do it. And they want yeah, they got to open them up today. Again. They got to open it back up again. Yeah, but they don't want to come in at the moment because the comp's not competitions like that. They mm. they don't rate the comp because of the nature of it. What's happened to yeah, it? They've yeah. actually 
I hate to say this, but Cricket Australia have actually cut their nose off to spite their face because they've literally downgraded and destroyed the very competition that was the foundation of why they were successful at test level, the Sheffield Shield. They've downgraded it in favour of, in favor of, a, of a bag of money, which, as it now turns out, as it now turns out, is not such a big bag of money because even the players for that don't come here anymore. Uh, India is not allowed to come. Indian players are not allowed to come here. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I don't think you didn't realise that. But the Indian players are not allowed to come here. They're only allowed to play IPL. They're not allowed to get. They're not allowed to play in anything else. Um, wow. They forgo it for a bag of money. They forgoed to 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 for a bag of money and a bag of money that is now no longer a bag of money. It's actually wow. It's not doing. That competition's not turning, doing what it used to do. And we all know that Cricket Australia's finances are in the toilet. <laughs> Your words, not mine, mate. Where like, was this in the 24-hour stream? Why couldn't we have just said all this in the 24? Well, like, like, this is actually... Greg Chappell didn't speak his mind until after the 24-hour stream, but that... <laughs> yeah, I know that. That's the point, mate. The uh, point is, is that they, they sacrificed the Sheffield Shield for a bag of money. The result of sacrificing yeah. the Sheffield Shield for a bag of money is that they've actually cut their nose off despite their face. Because young guys like Philippi, haven't got the development at, at first class level that they needed to have. Now, Philippi, I will say this. If Philippi was able to develop his game at first class level and play more first class cricket, I reckon he would have been in the Australian, te- he would have been very close to the Australian test team by now. He would have been mm. there because he had the talent, it was there. But due to this bag of money routine that Cricket Australia have used for the Big Bash, this is where we find ourselves. And what, and to add to boot, Half the time, the test players aren't playing it in anyway. Yeah. And as we now know, some of the international talents coming over here is not that grand anyway. It's not that grand. It's T20 talent. It's not anything else. Yeah, no, It's T20 talent. And look, T, we've said it before and we'll say it again. There's it's two separate entities. It's entertainment. It's and entertainment. They're, and they're, they're two separate entities. All right. Let's just, okay. Yeah. Well, that made the point. Philippi, Philippi goes back to four-day cricket, where he goes back to club cricket here in WA, and he fails. Why? Not because he can't bat. It's because he hasn't got the, he hasn't been given the chance to develop the temperament to bat long form, and that's a problem. That was, you know, that's a problem. And the, and he's not the only one, by the way. He's not the only one that suffers that. Uh, Chris Lynn is another example. He's never developed his abilities at four-day level, uh, and he's nothing. And let's face it, he's nothing more than a slogger. Um, Glenn Maxwell could have could be a, a ah no 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 no. Glenn Maxwell, I'll say this now in defence to Maxi. I'll say this in defence to Maxi. You didn't let me. Finish, he's actually bro. he's actually a good underrated first-class Sheffield he is. cricketer. What but if he was able to do it four, can you imagine? Can you imagine he'd actually be in the Test team and not on the outer of it? Mind you, I think he's on the outer for another reason. But anyway. Hmm. But he's an underrated because because there was one season there where they were actually where he he averaged seventy five in Sheffield Shield, like this guy I, I think he averages in around the third like mid thirties early forties in Sheffield Shield. He Maxwell can yeah. actually play Sheffield yeah, Shield. He Anyone here that actually says that he can't, I, like, I, like, I, I don't say that he can't. But what I'm saying is, is that he should be given more opportunity to do it, not less. Yeah. That's the point I'm making. Okay. Yeah, because I think he could have been. I think he could have been. 
I think he could have been an interesting force at test level, given I honestly to learn how to be consistent. The problem he Maxi has is that because he was he because he wasn't given the chance to play enough of it, it was con, it's consistency, and that's that's an issue. So anyway, that's it, it, it's going to be an ongoing debate. I think you're going to have it for a long time. I'll be brutally honest. I'll be brutally honest. Jet Greg Chapel says that we need to do this in order to keep up with India, but I'm going to make this point: India don't win away from home. They can't win away from home. Yeah, they're probably they going to go to. Us. They're probably going to go to England, and they're probably they going to get handed to them. They won against us. <laughs> what? Just, just. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I I had to say that comment. If that had been the West in, if that had been the West Indies of the nineteen eighties, Karen, we wouldn't have even got a second look. <laughs> Or, yeah, a but mate, look, or a but... fourth look, which India gave us. <laughs> but again, mate, to what I'm also then saying that there as well, if you're playing the West Indies of the 80s, what team are we going to put out there? Why don't we just put the, why don't we put the 90s of the, 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 the 90s of Australia? Karen, you know, it's like you can't really. Karen, come, I know you can't know there, but the point I'm making is that this Indian team gave Australia half a dozen looks at winning. The West Indies wouldn't have even given them one. Yeah, true. The no. West Indies of the 80s would not have even given the Australian team one look. And, in fact, they never did. You can even go as far as, say, as the Ponting era. Like, Ponting's teams never point, really gave them good ones. The point I'm making is this Indian team, while they are reasonable and they can play, are not that dominant, that they're that much far ahead of everybody else. No oh, one's really they, dominant. The only one that you could say is potentially dominant is New Zealand. Zealand. They're about to go to England to play a World Test Championships that New Zealand will probably beat them in. And then I think they've got a Test Series against England, haven't they? Yes, I think they do. England will probably flip it the other way. Like, like again, England will probably beat them in England this time round. I'm just trying to check. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Yep. Then they then have an England squad tour. Yep. So yeah, they do have England after that there. So, uh, but then again, no, no team is really dominant in the test. I mean, like hell, if you say New Zealand, New Zealand came out here a couple of summers ago, Australia beat them. The point I'm making, Kieran, is that to, to use the, use the, Use this view that you've got to change. You, yeah. So I guess I guess it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Domestic cricket does I, need change. I get you what know. I get. What you're saying is the fact that you know, like Chapel says, that we've got to keep up with 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 India and whatnot. But in all honesty, look, I'll say this now: it's pretty much it's pretty even Test cricket all around the world. To be honest, it's pretty. I mean, like in most, I mean, like the top nations, you know, Australia, England, you know, you say South Africa, New Zealand. You know, it's pretty even, you know, because like New Zealand and India, the two teams that actually played that that are playing the Test Championships, we beat New Zealand here on here on our turf. India went over to New Zealand and lost. India then came over to us and beat us. So it's like really like well, it'll, it's, be it'll be interesting to see yeah. what they do, but certainly there's going to be some changes to domestic cricket. Anyway, moving yeah. on, there are some much more. There are some interesting things to come. Um, 
bad news for Will, bad bad news. This is not good news for Willie Rioli. The situation with Willie Rioli. Um, no one likes to hear this man that's been through quite a bit over the last uh, the last year year and a half. Uh, well, this this for him to be caught with um, yeah, it's, that's not good. Uh, hopefully he can sort the situation. Hopefully the situation is sorted out. Yeah. Uh, I agree with Ross Lyon. I agree with Eddie Maguire. I agree with others, the West Coast Eagles, whatever, with the, even with the situation, he still deserves another chance to get back on the playing field. And I hope, hopefully he does. I hope we don't lose. Um, I hope we don't lose another extraordinary young man in, in the case of Willie Rioli. Um, to the sport, and and we see the, the, the another tragedy in that sense with him slip slip away like a lot of others have done. Um, certainly, when you, you you think back to the Ben Cousins of this world and that, you'd hate to see this happen again. Yeah, it's not good news. Yeah, I mean, look, um, I really got no much more to say. I mean, look, I agree. He should he should have a he should you know get it the opportunity to play. He should. Um, you know, I mean, I think I think it's now the club's responsibility well, the now. Man. Quite well, which is good. They've clearly wasn't, the yeah. have clearly learnt their lesson. They've clearly yeah. learnt their lesson from the past, and they are doing. Yeah, they got to make. Mm, but they like like and also, but I think also the Eagles um, need to make sure you know that he has the support network around him, and you know just make sure that, that the players. Um and whatnot um are around him so yeah I like uh, yeah I really got no much more to say because you know I mean like um as you know I mean all the Riolis you know I mean like I absolutely love all the Riolis I mean Cyril is my favorite but you know I mean Willie is uh, Willie um Junior uh Willie Rioli Junior um is Junior yes is you know he's a you know I mean he's a good talent and yeah I mean like I'm I love to see him back out there um again and um yeah. I've got really not much more to say on that topic. So, and, all the best, and Junior. Moving on, Ash Barty keeps on winning. She just keeps on keeping on. And congratulations to Sam Kerr, Super League champion in England, English Super League champion. Um, they're going for the Champions League this week. They're going for the quadruple. They've won the Cups and other things as well. Um, with Chelsea, she's certainly... Um, Ash and herself, they're certainly tearing the world apart at the moment. Yeah, look, I mean, I'll say this now. If you were to name, in all honesty, if you were to name an Australian athlete, like a potential renowned Australian athlete right now, you probably would have to say it'd be Ash Barty, Sam Kerr, and, you know, like I think noticeable one that there would maybe be like a Steve Smith, maybe even like a Nick, like, 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 like you really can't. Name much, um, many um, athletes. I mean, uh, from if you sort of get what I'm saying, at mate, you know, it was like I'm um, like they're well renowned now. Like they're gone, like they're you know, like the like like Australia loves them, the public loves them, and then you know they're doing um, what they're doing, and they're also being humble about. It. I mean, like, well, I mean, she plays like, in the, the one... Champions League final on Monday, so all the best to her. With Chelsea, I mean the one thing with what you said there with um, Ash Barty, her win, you know, I mean like well, she's she was classed into yet another quarterfinal, heading for yet another yeah, so final, looking ahead for another final. So it's quite an amazing thing. Um, so we wish Sam Kerr all the best on Monday. She's playing in the 
you at the Champions League, Women's Champions League final um, with Chelsea. So hopefully they get it. Uh, they get it done. This is the one and only to, Well, I'm, I'm, I'll go, I'll, I would say, I'm, obviously, a lot of Australians will be barracking for Chelsea in the champion, Women's Champions League final because it's, it's Sam Kerr. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm not a Chelsea man, but I'll, I'll barrack for him. Who are they playing? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I didn't check that out. Uh, all, I knew is, all I know is she's in the final. So uh, good luck to her and good luck again to Ash Barty on her continued also, looking good for the French Open. Also, just to let you know, the NRL Magic Round has just kicked off right now and the Tigers um, is there any magic? scored a try. It's, is there any magic? Uh, well, all, well, all the game. Well, all the games are playing all at Suncorp, but I will say this now, my Tigers, we managed to score the first try. So I'm very happy. The, the game's up there, so I'm watching the game as I'm doing this here. So it's like, now, we scored the first try, I hope. This, so. next one, this next one I want to talk about, I actually want to show something. Is this something you're telling me about? This is crowd behaviour. Oh. And there have been some pretty ugly incidents of crowd behaviour in recent times. Now, Yesterday at the NBL last night here in Perth, the Perth Wildcats fans booed Golding and the Melbourne the Melbourne Knights and I and the Melbourne United. And I don't believe there's any place for booing in sport. I've said that repeatedly. I think it's a Neanderthal behaviour and it should not should not take place. It's an American Americanized thing that's come to every other part in the world and it's it's frankly disgusting and should not be happening. And I admonish Perth Wildcats fans who did that last night. They should not have done it. Um, that is not what the Perth Wildcats stand for. Um, I certainly don't stand for that. But bad bait, that's not good. But that's not the worst of it. Uh, I'm going to share something with people in a minute. I'm actually going to turn the sound down because uh, I don't want the commentary on it. But this incident occurred in the baseball in the United States. It did not occur on the field. It occurred in the stands it involved two fans, one from the San Diego Padres and one from the Colorado Rockies. Uh, it was filmed. Mitch, where broad- are you? It was broadcast. Mitch, where by- are you? Huh? Sorry. I said, Mitch, where are you? Mate, where are you, Mitch? Where are you, Mitch? It He's all in Kansas. It was broadcast live all over the, over the world. It's been, it's been broadcast all over YouTube and the internet. It is not a good look. I'm going to share this with everyone now. Uh, so everybody can see this. Um, I'm going to turn the sound down on it. Now, this involved, as I say, it involved a this particular chap you can see in the screen at the moment who was a Padres fan, uh, and here it is. And it's in slow motion. Okay. Oh. Oh. So there you go. This occurred in the stands, <laughs> Major League Baseball game between the Padres and the Colorado Rockies. It involved these two men. And then it involved the rest of the crowd trying to restrain the Padres fan. And here it is again, for those that have missed it the first couple of times. He basically king hit him uh, and knocked him out cold. Um, We don't know 100% what was said before this. Uh, Not really sure. But 
it's not a good look. It's not good behaviour. Uh, I think, well, I haven't heard what has happened to this man. I do believe he's been charged. Uh, he's been charged with a criminal offence. Uh, I hope Major League Baseball bans him for life. I hope the San Diego Padres ban him for life. Uh, never to be seen again. Holy moly, that was a... Yeah. It's not a good look. I think we can leave that there. Yeah, i got no comment on that then. I mean, like... Yeah, I think we can leave that there. It's pretty... It's pretty nasty. It's pretty... He should have have taken up boxing instead of doing that. I don't know what you think, but there's no call for any of this sort of behaviour. I don't care who you are. Look, I'll say this... Look, I'll say this now. I'll say this now. There's a line or like there is all, as I always say, there is always a line. There is always a line. You know, once you like, there is a line between, you know, getting drunk at a game and, you know, saying something stupid, you know, going out in the piss and doing something, you know, stupid, you know, like call like, I mean, like saying someone, you know, oh yeah, your team, um, your team is the worst team. This, your team is that, that he's bad or whatnot. And then there's, you know, Thanks. When you've then there's that, and that's just crossing the line. I mean, yeah, like I mean, like even even if his player said, I mean, even if the other fan said something else, you know, you don't result to to violence like that. I mean, I, I mean, yep. then again, we don't know what was said. Yep. We don't. Know, well, we mean, don't know what was said, but that's not the point. Whatever was said didn't require that to occur. So yeah. the point I make is that. And and you got and you look very closely. He has punched that man, and he's punched him out cold. His king hit him. So that sort of crap there wasn't, going on. And I'll we, say do this have, we do get it here uh, in Australia, uh, by my head. At the AFL, yeah, and also sometimes at the NRL. But I will say this now. But I will say this now. If there wasn't, if there wasn't any seats, or if there wasn't anyone there near him, because he got him flush, he could have actually fallen and actually hit him. Because it's hard concrete. I tell you yeah. what, he's actually lucky. He's he, very lucky. He's actually man. lucky. He's very, the band yeah. is very lucky, and thank God for the people around him who mm-hmm. restrain that guy. Um, yes, oh, yeah. Good look, and I think Major League Baseball, I hope Major League Baseball, and I hope the San Diego Padres have done something to address the matter because uh, that guy has to be, that guy who did, who, who threw the punch will probably go to jail. There's no doubt about that. He'll probably be charged with whatever he's going to be charged with, but he needs to, he needs to be banned for life. Yeah. Attending any sporting event again, whether it be Major League Baseball, NFL, football, whatever it is, he needs to be banned for life, never to be seen again. You shouldn't be performing those sort of acts. Yeah, no comment. And also, my Tigers just scored another try again. So we've scored two tries in the past 10 minutes. So it's 10 well, nil. We got a couple of interesting ones to come. Also, did you hear about Adam Reynolds? Did you hear about yeah, Adam I Reynolds? About Adam Reynolds mate, but I don't want to talk about it because it's a waste of time. What are your thoughts on it as a South fan, just quickly? Oh, look, he's gone for the money and that's it. Well, I mean, South really didn't offer him anything. They didn't offer yeah. him much of a contract. He's made his decision. Uh, I don't really want to get bogged down in it. Um, I was just about... I would have just said, hey, you know, I mean, like as a West Tigers fan, you know, with two club legends in Benji Marshall and Robbie Farrell leaving, you know, it's... And I, like it really does, it really does hurt the club a lot, you know. And um, not just, I mean, not just from a cultural, but from a fan base as well. You know, seeing like two 
club legends go. I mean, and like Adam's been a junior there from this from the get go. But I will say this now: How will they handle next season without him? Does that throw? Oh, we'll South see Sydney what happens next year. Does, does that throw South Sydney Premiership window out the out the door? We'll see what happens. So, yeah. We'll see what happens. So next year's next year. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll moving, about on, it then. moving on. Uh, we all saw it. For those that were watching, uh, we didn't have it on. I, I said my piece, and I've said it again and again and again. And Port Adelaide fans can disagree with me, but <laughs> what they did last week after the showdown by coming off the ground dressed in their jersey, changing to the prison guard, <laughs> that was nothing more than a two-year-old uh, stunt performed by what I will will safely say was a bunch of amateurs. And if Eddie Maguire and the Collingwood Football Club respond and do anything back in the other way, well, that's just as childish. Uh, you hear about Eddie's comments? What he said on Sunday? Yeah, I heard some of that. I heard some of that. And all I'm going to say is, is look. Um, Eddie's, trying, Eddie's, trying, Eddie's doing well. He's trying to stay out of it, but he also knows how to poke, poke I'm going to make this comment, and I'll make it again and again and again. If this Guernsey that Port Adelaide claim means so much to them, and David Koss claims means so much to them, meant that much to them, then what they did at the end of the game, and they can do what they like in the change rooms. That's a cold, hard reality. They could quite frankly sing the song in the change rooms naked for all I care. Um, not that, well, that'd stop anyone watching, wouldn't it? That'd stop anyone. <laughs> David Koch could sing... <laughs> David Koch could sing the could I'd be I, I you know David Koch could sing the could, could sing the club song in the change rooms wearing a tutu. I'm, I'm not particularly worried. Like, whatever they like. But 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 I will say this: if that Guernsey meant as much as they say it meant, then they should have worn it in the game. They should have taken the loss of the four points as the right I'll stick. Play naked. As the right naked, they didn't. They chose a childish, pathetic stunt, which it was. And quite mm. frankly, I think it made them look like a bunch of amateurs. Yeah, look, I mean, look, I'll actually, I'll, I'll agree with um, what you're saying over in regards to the playing. Like they should play with it. Yeah, that'll actually play naked. <laughs> sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry. Um, but um. I do agree with that. I mean, like, it, it's a lot more impactful. I mean, like, it, it, I mean, it actually means something if you're actually playing, knowing that you're going to lose points and you're still doing that. I mean, and you're still playing it. I mean, that there just says to me of them just sort of saying, you know what, we're just going to kick a stinker. We're not going to play. I mean, we're, we're going to kick a stinker at the end of the game after we've won. I mean, like, what would happen if they lost? What would happen had they would have lost? Well, I mean, would like, they, would they have done it if they'd lost? No, they wouldn't have done it if they would have lost. So it's like, so it's like anyway. yeah. So it's like, so it's like, like it's just them saying, okay, then yep, we'll win it. We'll kick a stinker afterwards <laughs> because it doesn't really. Um, it kind of puts a blight on the game. I mean, like, I mean, like it takes all. I mean, like it takes the stuff to what they sort of did, and also the stuff to what Adelaide 
didn't do. I mean, a blight off the game, but it also, how do I say this? Like, it would have meant more how they would have played in those in those Guernseys, you know? I mean, I mean to, 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 to do that there, I mean, like, it was a little bit, I mean, like, I agree. It was a bit of a stunt. It was a bit it of was a stunt. stunt. It was a childish stunt. Anyway, we'll move on. I've said my piece. We've all said their piece. I don't think anyone wants to see them sing the song naked. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe people would like to see Koshy sing the song in a tutu. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's 16 nil. The Tigers just scored again. <laughs> moving on, because there's one big one, right? There's one, one interesting one right at the end. But I want to talk Juro <laughs> Juro Detalia, which is on at the moment. And now, Juro Detalia. Atelia Volta leads the Juro Detalia at the moment. Uh, the best place to play in. Yeah? That's cycling. That's cycling. Yes, cycling. Atelia Volta leads the Juro Detalia at the moment. The best place to strain is Nick Schultz in the overall classification in 20th. But the big mm-hmm. story out of there last night was the Australian team. Um, the bike exchange, the Australian team bike exchange. One of their cars crashed into a crashed into a cyclist and badly injured him, sent him to hospital. He's in a, he's in a pretty bad condition in hospital. Uh, the manager of this sure. team has now been suspended from the remaining of the tour. Remaining of the tour. Uh, pretty graphic. Uh, pretty set. Pretty. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like um, I saw this was on a downhill. Yeah, I mean, on, a downhill the la- on the downhill part of the last leg. I think just, I saw that. Mm. Yeah, not a good, not a good thing. So hopefully, mm. hopefully the cyclist in question is okay, and um, they need to. Obviously, there's a safety issue there. They're going to have to take a serious look at. Again, yeah, these these cyclists are going pretty quick. You know, as we know from watching Tour de France, uh, and we'll talk about the Tour de France when it's on a little bit later on in the year. You know, we mm. often see it. These cyclists tearing down the side of these mountains in the Alps, um, completely missing the corner and going off the edge. And, and rolling, and I've seen it where they actually went off the edge and then the camera guy drove over the edge and filmed him down the hill, filmed the cyclist <laughs> down, down the bottom of the hill. So Jesus. the cyclist was fine, apart from cuts and bruises, but it shows you how fast these guys are going. And they do say that when they ca- these guys hit the pavement um, at the speeds they're going at, it is almost like it is the equivalent of... A automobile accident in the damage mm. that it does. So, and and then and then when you then throw in getting hit by a car going at that speed, that there would have added in a lot more force, a lot more velocity, a lot more G's onto it. So yeah, it would have. Uh, yeah, look, uh, I don't really look. Something. Look, I'll say this now. Something has got a. I've always every time when I saw a bit of cycling and whatnot. I mean, like, I mean, I'm not really much of a cycling fan but but i do watch it uh even though i don't really understand the names and whatnot i always just sort of every time when i watch it, it always says the the italian or the french and all that there but i always the one thing out of what i always thought was what actually happens if a if a if a cyclist you know accidentally has to curb or slow and the cars that are behind him what actually happens if they actually you know if, you know, like what's going to happen, you know, and this year just proved it, you know, saying that, you know, it's dangerous. They got it's very dangerous. We don't want to so think these guys are safe. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, so I think that they really need to have a look at what's going to happen, particularly with the vehicles, 
Well, the, the vehicle, vehicle. What, what happens is you've got, what tends to happen is that you get the peloton and the leak. If a, if a breakaway goes out, then you get between the peloton and the breakaway, you get all these vehicles. And as soon as the peloton's getting close to the breakaway, all the vehicles are trying to have to move out of the gap between, yeah. between the two groups. The result of that is, is you, you do see it where these vehicles are flying past, um, flying past and moving around. So they do have to take a look. They do, I think, yeah. have to, from a from point of view of this, take a look at whether team cars can be allowed like they are within the, yeah. the area or whether they couldn't need they just, to look at another way of doing it. Couldn't they just, like, this might just seem a little bit of an idiot in me, but you know how, like, you do, like, those marathons and, and how they have those, those little checkpoints and um well and that's, that's perhaps uh, something how you then get the how you then get the drinks and whatnot couldn't they just do something like that there like with the you know with the um formula one or with the grand prix and whatnot how you have like that little stop you know we perhaps, have perhaps and- kieran you're right perhaps that's something that they have to look at perhaps they have to look at splitting some of these longer stages up into smaller chunks and having having stop points where the the riders can get access to the to to what they need uh, such as water and food and, and, and hydration and, and taking on food. Uh, perhaps that needs to happen. Perhaps this, perhaps hopefully this might prompt some, some review because in some of those roads in Europe, let's face it, we've seen it oh, consistently yes. in the Tour de France. You see it when they're going up the side of this mountain and the crowd is getting close in the old days. It didn't happen last year because of COVID, but the crowd <laughs> is getting closer and closer. And the crowd on one of the, literally parting as cyclists is coming through. Um, I think I actually saw on, I think I saw on the back page or where they showed like five times where a cyclist almost had had like close encounters. Yeah. One of them, a fan, literally walked. It was actually walking um, while they were cycling. So I was like, yeah. Well, like, there like, was an incident occur. There was an incident occur where uh, a someone who was uh, a spectator accidentally connected with the brake on a cyclist bike and that bike flipped um, oh. in the tour. So, you know, you know, yeah. it's time that they have a look at this. It's time that they yeah. test this. Can they really allow crowds to get as close as they do? Like, I, it's time. I, I don't – sorry, I was just about to say, it's time that cycling takes it to the next level. I mean, like, I mean, like takes it to, the, to, to like, tennis level – Look, I understand, um, that teams, I understand that people want to watch the tour. Mm-hmm. I understand that people want to go and watch the, watch the race. But yeah. they need to be watching the race, like, from a safe distance. You know, we've repeatedly, repeatedly seen it where you can't do this anymore. Even rally rally cars, even they now have figured out yeah. that you can't allow on a very, very important corner where these cars are going at high speed in rally on gravel, you can't allow fans to be standing there right on the corner in case a car comes right through and hits them. You know, you can't do it anymore. It, it's, you can't. It's just, you can't. It's just brain yeah, yeah. stupidity. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, and just going back to and just going back to my tennis comment, I actually think that what they need to do is that they need to go more. I won't say this here, a little bit more professional. Yes, you know, like. Yes, a little bit more professional. It's time that it's time that cycling actually goes a little bit more professional because, like, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. Have a look thoughts. at the situation. Address it. Anyway, the last one, and it's a pretty. It's a. Is pretty, this the? One? 
No, this is no, we shouldn't be laughing here because this is a serious situation. And again, it's another example of um, yeah, problem we've got. We've got in 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 sport with coaches not getting the proper training with with a serious a serious problem here. And this has occurred. This has just come to light today. Uh, misconduct in the NHL involving a member of the 2010 Blackhawks. Chicago Blackhawks, Stanley Cup winning team. He claims what? this particular person that he's not named. He is he has filed a lawsuit against the Chicago Blackhawks for sexual misconduct of an employee, a coach. And he claims, and I'm not I'm I'm not going to go into graphic detail here. He claims that this person performed, uh, put on inappropriate film Oy. in front of the players performed inappropriate acts in front of the players. He sent inappropriate text messages to the players seeking inappropriate things. And I'm not going to go into, I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail, but it's sexual misconduct. So everyone can. Read what? Them. Well, so... he was the video. Okay. The video coach was the one that did it. Wow, I mean, I mean, wait, I mean, you only gave me a little bit of the Cliff Notes uh, version at the start, and I was like, okay, yep. But then when they're hearing it now, I'm like, going more of it. I mean, like you giving me more details. I'm like, going, what the heck? It's another what? example. It's another example of a problem that we've got, and the problem is, is that these that A, there's not adequate enough background checks on these people when they're employed by organisations in sport, which is clear. But there's another problem, and that is the problem of these of coaches and officials not receiving the sort of training they need to get, to and particularly training in what is appropriate and inappropriate, particularly training in mental health and communication. I had, we had this conversation with David yesterday on Thinking Coach about mental health with coaches. This is another example of not getting the adequate training that needs to be done. Um, again, it's out of the United States. Um, it's not oh, a good. Look. Oh. It's not a good look for the NHL. It's not a good look for the Chicago Blackhawks. Whether or whether or not this occurred or not, it's still not a good look um, because it doesn't. Set, it sets a, and it, it, it's a it's a habit. It's continuing. What at and what it also does is that it also blights the coach and the the coach and also um, his coaching staff because um, whoever the coach was for the Blackhawks at the time that they won the Stanley Cup, it's now going to then be like, um, okay, then um, if he's gone on to coach, you know, in, in other NA, in, in in other NHL teams, has he picked? Um, has any of his other staff members done that? There, it really. Uh, now, actually, now when you actually told me the whole situation, you gave me the cliff notes, uh, not not even the cliff notes. You know, like 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 you only just told me like literally two seconds off it, and uh, I, I, only the first half. And you know, I'm, I'm like, I was shocked at the second half, and I'm just thinking, like, geez, like like this can, this actually can open up a massive can of worms. But I will say this now: it it is kind of a little bit of I don't want to sound like this here coaching stupidity. Yeah, it's coaching of- stupidity, but it's coaching stupidity due to a lack of training. 
And we had this yeah. conversation. We had this conversation with Jay Ellis last week on the program. We had it again. Yes. With, we've had it again with David. I've had it with Simone. I've had it with others. From a big G Sports Global point of view, we are intending to do something in this sphere in terms of in terms of improving the training scenarios with sport. I will say this: we are looking at and investigating uh, addressing the issues of inclusion uh, in sport and how what sort of campaigns need to happen there. Uh, I believe that we, we now need we now need to there needs to be a worldwide campaign relating to uh, obviously a worldwide campaign relating to what you know appropriate behaviour. Um, but can I just ask? Of, but can I just ask a question, mate? But can I ask a question? Like, what would have? I mean, no person in there, like. Uh, like, 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 even with the, even with proper training, no coach would have actually, if, if this allegation is true, because we don't know if the allegation is true. I just can't picture a, a, a professional coach in that professional mindset, even if they had mental, even if they had mental training, or even if they were um, had mental support, actually going and doing that, particularly with professional players. Like, well, no, like, like I... you know, we, we say we can't, we can't picture it. We say we can't picture it. We say we can't, but it's happened. It's happening. I agree. It's it, I agree. I agree that it is happening. But like, I just, uh, like, uh, I agree, but I'm just sort of like, I'm just of, uh, this is like, it's knocked me for six on it. I mean, not knocked me for six. It's like, it's made my brain fry up a bit. It's like, I, like, I just can't, who in there, uh, like, 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 I'm, like I'm trying to be careful it, with what I'm saying. Expanded topic. It's it's a conversation that will, will continue to happen, and on, we here at Big D Sports Global are going to take up the banner on some a lot of these issues because it's mm. got to stop. We've got to improve. We've got to fix this. Fix this. And Australian sport is not immune to this. We know that because we've had three separate inquiries come out just this year relating to problems within sports oh uh, yeah hockey gymnastics basketball all different all each one different but they've come from human right two of them have come from the human rights commission <laughs> and one of them has come from a, a prominent human rights uh lawyer and law firm so you know here we are you know we've got and we've got to have a serious conversation about this we've had the problem with us gymnastics which was a doctor a doctor i'm going to add that a doctor We've now got this. It's a video coach. These guys are That's in positions worse. of responsibility. They are in positions mm. of integrity. They are in positions of trust. And all they're doing... Like who in their right mind would do it? Who in their right mind would actually do it? But particularly mm. in a professional environment, knowing that you've got to win, like, like knowing that like it's doing stuff like that, they could actually win... All it takes is for one of those players is to go to the coach and say, hey, coach. Well, the other point I will make is why why some 20, some 11 years later, are they now speaking about this? So that's the other thing. Why Why have we got a culture? Why do we seem to have a continued culture of denial, culture of... um, Silence, which is clear, has this this player that's now come out and filed this lawsuit. Were they threatened? 
you know, what is going on here? We need to have a serious, this needs to be, this needs to be serious. That's why I'm saying we, took, we, we talked about this last week with Elena as well, inclusion in sport. This needs to be looked at. Something that I know Big G Sports Global is serious about is that we want to see clubs and organisations across all levels of sport rated on how they handle all of this stuff and inclusion and all these sort of things. And they, you know, we want to see, we want to see, you know, we want to see some, I'd like to see organisations have to have to meet standards, um, world, worldwide standards, not just, you know, standards in, mm. in one country. Because, you know, what, we, what we're seeing here in Australia, what we're now, what we've seen again here in the US, you know, you, you start to think what else is happening and where is it happening in other parts of the world. Um, mm. You know, there needs to be a serious, a serious, a serious thing looked into. Every, I, every, it really just, <clears throat> it really just scratches your head. I mean, particularly in a professional, particularly in a professional outlook, you know, because like, like. Yeah, like yeah, that's just yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just gonna. I'm just tough gonna. One, yeah. one. It's an interesting. It's a difficult one. Uh, I come back to the point I made last week, and I'm making it again. I think here in Australia, I think the Australian government needs to look at the idea of perhaps some sort of an inquiry into these these particular areas. I know they've done it for for other areas, but I think perhaps this was this was overlooked. Um, perhaps there needs to be a, a serious investigation done um, to find out what's really going on. I think we need to look at the systems we've got in place that, that um, provide um, background checks on these people. <clears throat> they're obviously not catching. They're obviously not working. Yeah. Sorry. They're obviously I'll just work on working. something. So I think we need to do that. So, it's it, you know, I think there are some interesting times ahead. And I'm going to say to our viewers and the Big G Sports Global's supporters and viewers watch this space. It's all I'm going to say. There's some stuff that we'll be tackling on this. These some of these issues coming. Up. Yeah, I tell you what. Yeah, mate. Let's just let's let's just move on, mate. Because I'll say this now to you, mate. That, that I mean, like when when you told me this beforehand, I was like, oh, okay, yep, yep. But then when you then yeah, you only told me the first careful. stuff. I've been very careful not to be graphic. Yeah, like you only told me the first half, but then when you then told me the second half, but then when you then explained to me the second half just now, I was like shocked. I was like, oh, what the? Yeah. I mean, because I honestly... I've been very careful not to be graphic here, viewers, um, because the... Yeah, so... Graphic. Um, but anyway, anyway, let's... Anyway, on, anyway, also, also, just quickly, it's 22 to 4, West Tigers over Newcastle. Oh, right and there's one player that one person has been sent to the sim bin. Oh, first right. half, nearly. So that brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, I'll hand over to Kieran for the last little bit. Hey. Um, yeah. Okay. So welcome to the great sports debate edition of Sport and Non-Sport. <laughs> Jerome's face was just... Sorry, viewers. He was, sorry, viewers. He was just... Uh, uh, going like, what the hell was with that intro? So it's like, I yes, haven't had a, I have had a liquid lunch, folks. It's just my back's a bit stiff. Ah, sorry about that, mate. It looked, it looked like that you were like, oh, what the hell was with that intro? So anyway, folks, welcome to this week's edition of Sport and Non-Sport. Jerome, mate, what are you looking forward to? But, but, but before we do that there, mate, can I actually say, this week, we 
I really wish we would have had Simone this week because these topics would have been good to talk with Simone. I will say that. But what are you looking forward to this week in sport and what are you looking forward to this week in non-sport? Mm, sport. 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 <laughs> what am I looking forward to in sport? There was something I was looking forward to this week. Or non-sport as well. Non-sport. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a little bit of a think. Um... Oh, sport, well, I look forward to, um, it's the, it'll be interesting to see how WA, the state game between WA and South Australia goes. Um, mm-hmm. Sport point of view, they're playing each other in, in footy. Waffles playing the Sandful, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, great to see, it's going to be good to see crowds back this weekend here in WA at the AFL. I know long-suffering Eagles fans will be over the moon about um, being able to go to the game with a full house at uh, Optus. Yep. So that'll be good to see. From a non-sport point of view, I'm not really sure what's ahead this weekend because I'm looking at the weather out there and it don't look too flash. Um, from a non-sports point of view, well, there's probably some stuff that I'm looking... I'll get... Folks... Um, we nearly had a hole blown through here again. Um, you know, a big gust of wind just came flying through. <laughs> uh, from an odds point point of view, I'm looking forward to picking myself up um, up the road here <laughs> later on after being blown there from that sneeze. But no, 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 no. All, all due respect. Um, no, from an odds point point of view, look forward to. Uh, Probably a quiet weekend, um, not a lot happening. Um, it'll be um, do some stuff to do with Big G Sports Global, but it'll be a, it'll be a, a bit of a quiet one this weekend. But certainly, it'll be interested to see from a sports point of view how WA and South Australia go in the state. You know, and obviously, you know, looking forward to uh, watching commu- the community sports show coverage wherever Noel. Is. I think Noel's at lacrosse this weekend, so looking forward. Hey, to- lacrosse. Looking forward to catching some lacrosse tomorrow, which will be which will be quite good. Yeah, look, my sport for this week, I'm actually looking, uh, even though a lot of people have been whatnot, I'm actually looking forward to watching Hawthorne play against North Melbourne. I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, I'm also um, I'm I don't I don't know um, if if he's going to be playing, but the person who um I who um who I used to coach, who's playing, who might be playing another game for the under 18s again. Um, it's, just, it's just whether or not, like he said, that they might have a buy, but because they just got to see um, how, how things are with their competition at the moment. So yeah, um, I'll, um, I'll, um, I'll, I'll take a look at that there or, you know, um, see, see how things are. Um, and on sport, honestly, I'm actually just, I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to, uh, this might seem a little bit left field. This might seem a little bit left field. I'm actually just looking. I'm I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to actually to actually sitting back, relaxing, looking at the looking at a looking at a draft um looking at a draft um outline that I've been planning for um that I've been planning for for, for an event. I've actually. I'm actually looking forward to actually trying to do to, to actually do that. It's actually for it's actually for a friend. So yeah, I'm actually uh I'm act, that's actually what I'm looking forward to. I mean, 
And also, and also, I mean, also going for a swim in the weekend. I mean, it's also, I mean, it's, I mean, it's uh, going to be 13 degrees, but you know what? I actually quite like, um, I actually quite, lo- I mean, like, I actually quite like it. And also our pool was broken this week, so I had to fix that. So I'm also having to, that, and also I'm trying to test it out, you know, to test out the pool to see if I fix it. <laughs> also, um, okay. so your tip for this week. I mean, all right, sorry. No, no, not your tip. Your sure thing, your doomsday, and your Friday love. So your sure thing can be a tip, but, yeah. Or if you want to, yeah, your doomsday or your Friday and your Friday love. Now, you know what your Friday love my, is? My sure thing is that the West Coast Eagles will win in front of their, win in front of a, a full house this weekend. You can almost guarantee it, Optus. Uh, <laughs> they will do that. They will get it done. Um, that's for sure and certain. Uh, my my other sure thing will be that that bloke who you know hit that guy in the baseball will will, oh, yeah. will be spending time behind bars. Uh, that's a pretty sure thing. Um, mm-hmm. No, well that could be a doomsday too. He'll be spending time behind bars. Doomsday for him. Um, Neanderthal. Um, well, let's face it, it was um, from a doomsday point of view. Um, what I like wear the prison bars? <laughs> no, no, that won't happen. Um, doomsday point of view, I am hoping beyond hope that Collingwood or Eddie restrain themselves and not do anything to respond in time to that behavior. But what happens? What happens if Koshi comes out and says something else to her? <laughs> well, I hope that they right. have enough. I hope they'd have enough restraint not to respond. I know there's been talk that they'll play never tear us apart after a game. There's been mention of that, and I hope that Collingwood and Eddie have enough restraint not to do it. Because so what was your sure thing? My sure thing is that I think West Coast will win. West Coast. Mm. Uh, my other sure okay. thing, of course, is that I think that bloke that. King hit that poor guy in the stands is going to spend some time in prison. Um, All right. Your Friday love? My Friday love? Hmm. Friday love. Don't have one this week. Don't have one? No, don't have one this week. Well, then again, I mean, like, I had three last week, so I had a big G sports, I had you, and I had Simone, so, and also the Mar- my Friday you know, love so was like- last week. My Friday love is, is, I suppose my Friday love is to know that when this program's over, I'm not still going to be on here until the rest, till tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, all right, my sure thing is that... Uh, Actually, you know what? I actually can't say that because I was going to say uh, my, my short thing was that my Tigers are going to be playing well, and even though they are, they'll even though they're up twenty-two to four, they'll probably lose. So I can't say that. My short thing, um, who, my short th- wait, who, who are the Western Bulldogs playing again? I have no idea, Kieran. Oh, all right, all right. Well, my short thing or my tip, um, I'll say this now is. Actually, you know what? My doomsday is the is Hawthorne losing to the West Coast Eagles. That's my doomsday. My um, which already happened. My th- Hawthorne losing to North Melbourne. Thank you. You said Hawthorne losing Sorry. to the West Coast Eagles. That already happened. 
<laughs> Sorry. Hawthorne losing to North Melbourne. That is the doomsday, as well as my Tigers losing to Newcastle. That's my yep. doomsday. My sure thing is that... I don't have a sure thing, to be honest. I think my sure thing is... Okay, 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 okay. Here's my sure thing. Jerome, when he's going to do a sports with a twist... Me and Simone are going to look at it then when he puts it up and we're going to be like, what is this sport? That is going to be my sure thing. Oh, I'm going to have to trawl through and pick out something rather good, aren't I? Yes, because what was it? Bog, what, bog walking? Bog 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 I mean, like... Snorkeling. <laughs> yes, okay. And there's, a, so and my there's sure world championships. So, yeah, so my sure thing is that when you do sports with a twist, the next time me and Simone are going to be like, or myself is going to be like, what the? And my Friday love, okay, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, you know what, you know what, I might be, I might be getting soft in my old age and whatnot. I'll say, I'll say my mother and my grandmother. I'll say them. They're my Friday love. Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. You talk about bog snorkeling before we go. Talk about bog snorkeling. Kieran, you're going to have a swim this weekend. You should get the snorkel out and start training. You can compete at the World Championships. All I reckon, right. I yeah. you go close to winning that. You go close to winning that. Okay. Well, I do have a big lung capacity. Yeah, well, you've only got a snorkel from one end of a bog to the other. There's all sorts of rubbish in that bog, but, you know, still, nevertheless. Uh, okay. It's a fun sport. But we'll see what we come up for sports with the twist this week. I haven't had a look. I haven't had a look around, but I'm sure there's a sport out there that's quirky, that's funny, that's unusual, and I'm sure I can dig one. And up. it's gonna, and it's gonna make me and Simone be like, oh, "What did you like? Yo, know, like, what the hell?" Well, we, we had a, hell? I had a bit of a chat to Simone this week about Aussie slang, um, and uh, it, you know she didn't believe some of the statements that I made. Like, um, what I've got to hit the frog and toad. Uh, and um, fair suck. What's that one again? Fair suck of the old sauce bottle. Um, yeah, got to hit the frog and yeah, toad. Hit the road. What does that one mean? Because like I never heard that one. Frog and toad. Frog and toad road. Oh. And I also I, said, I also mentioned has anyone seen my bowl of fruit, um, <laughs> which is my suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh did you tell that did you did, did you tell that a bird's eye is a meat pie? <laughs> I've never heard that one. I think that might only be a New South Wales thing. <laughs> okay. All okay. right, folks. All right. Well, thank you. I we do have to hit the frog and toad. It is time. Yes. The, yes, because my West Tigers are playing, and it's nearly half time, and I actually yeah. want to go watch the second half. So it, it is it is important for um, the great sports debate to hit the frog and toad or hit the road, as they say. Um, we'll be yep. back next week. Um, we'll be back next week with a, a special guest host. Surik from Sport Rex will be joining us uh, for okay. next week's episode. He'll be a special guest host. Um, hope we might have some – we'll possibly have some – there could be four of us on next week. So look forward to seeing you all again for next week's Great Sports Debate. Plus, you'll be able to get the Great Sports Debate later today or tonight or tomorrow as a podcast on Spotify and um, Google as well. So look out for that. Yeah, we're on Google. The the audio part of it. So check out that. So thanks, everyone. And thanks, Kieran. And see you all next week. Peace out there, Jerome. See you next time, buddy. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh.